Welcome back. It is episode number five of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. My name is Dan Ball, and today there's somebody else in the studio. Matt McAuliffe joins us as the brand new co-host of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. Matt, how are you? I'm smiling from year to year. <laughs> I got some uh, size 18 shoes to fill. Wow. So, uh, yep, I'm filling in. Well, yeah, now I'm officially the filling new in co-host. long term. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 in. I'm taking the place of Tyler Brocious, and yep. I'm ready to roll. I, I eat, sleep, and breathe. This school and the athletic department, I love it. So this is just another uh, another thing to have fun with. So, uh, Matt, give the listeners a little bit of an idea. How'd you get to this point? What what's your what's your background? What have you done at, at Quinnipiac that's got you to this prestigious point? Yeah, no, it actually uh, how I got into the athletic department was through uh, Broche actually. So I was a beat reporter for women's hockey freshman year for a um, a different. Uh, student media organization. Yeah, three-letter network, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, or one letter, two number. Right, and Broche kind of pulled me aside at one of the games and said, uh, I like the work that you do. Uh, we're trying to do something big with the athletic department, and it would then bloom into the Bobcat Sports Media Group, but I didn't know it at the time. He was like, we're trying to do something big, and uh, we want you a part of it. So I, uh, we want you to jump ship and kind of do the athletic side. And I was, I took a risk and been the best decision. So... Aside from that, you also have a, a little bit of a background in the audio side. Yep. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. What Matt's not saying is that we also co-host a radio show <laughs> together <Yeah>. on WQAQ. <laughs> um, so that is how that's how when I because you know when we when we came into this this new podcast, um, Broch joined as the co-host and and that was I was very excited to get a chance to work with him. But I knew that you know even if it lasted the entire semester. His fuse was a little shorter than mine, only being a junior. So um, I'd approached Matt uh, a couple weeks prior to, to everything happening and said, hey, you know, if there if there ever becomes an opening, uh, you know, I know you well. We've always worked together great. You're one of my closest friends here. I want you to be my guy. So that's right. Matt and I are going on this journey together here for the rest of and, the Quinnipiac podcast. And the listeners got to strap in yeah. because – now I'm here for the rest of the year, and I'm probably here for the rest of senior year too. <laughs> <laughs> and we, yeah, we are. We're we're we'll have some fun with this, of course. Um, you know, what do you what do you see from this podcast? What do you what do you want to get out of this? I see some really fun interviews. I think what makes a podcast really good, and what separates podcasts from each other, and what makes the really good ones, and what makes the okay ones, are guests, are the interviews, are how well you get to know someone. Because that's what the listeners want to hear. Like, yes, they could listen to us talk for f- 10 minutes, but they're going to get sick of us. They want to hear about our department and the athletes within our department. And I believe everyone has a story, and we're going to deliver that. Exactly. So uh, the way this is going to work, um, kind of similar to, to how Brosh and I would do it, um, Matt and I are going to kind of divide up interviews as we go, uh, there will be some that I do solo, some that Matt does solo, some that we tag team, and that's kind of going to be based on you know schedules because obviously we're, we're both running around a little bit. But what the content is, what we both think we can bring, so you know we're going to kind of figure that out as we go. But you'll get a nice a nice dose of of the both of us. So uh, in the meantime, welcome to episode number five. This is the women's hockey episode. Uh, so we're going to be talking to head coach Cassandra Turner, uh, and along with her, we're also going to be talking to junior Kenzie Prater and sophomore Taylor. 
Taylor House, the latter of which just won the ECAC Player of the Week award for a pretty dirty goal. She scored shorthanded against UVM. It went viral. Uh, but we're going to talk to Cass in this episode. We talked to her about you know how she got to Quinnipiac and what she's trying to do with her program, how she builds it, what kind of players she's looking for. And I love, love this team. Yeah. It's a great team. They have a great culture around the team, and you're going to hear all about it. Uh, and then we also talked to Kenzie and Taylor. We'll talk to them a little bit later in this episode about how they got to Quinnipiac, what made the program so different to them. And, and you know, we're probably going to hear a lot exactly just like that about how, you know, this culture is something special this year. And I want to have a lot of laughs along the way, too, Dan. I okay. want to have some laughs. We can do that. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, let's go through the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. <laughs> So we're going to start with the cross-country teams. Uh, the men's team finished 14th out of 18 teams, while the women's finished 11th out of 21 at the CCSU mini-meet. Tyler Mannion, Tommy Consalvo, and Ryan Ansel finished 71st, 72nd, and 73rd in the event. Uh, Allison Karen led the way for the women's side, finishing 42nd. Both teams head to the MAC Championship this upcoming Sunday, or Saturday rather, at Siena College. So both teams are wrapping up play in the MAC. The field hockey team, they lost 3 nothing at home against number 25 team in the nation, Old Dominion. That was at home Friday. But they responded with a 2 to nothing win versus Sacred Heart in New Haven. This team will finish their season at Temple on Friday and at Holy Cross on Sunday. So two away games for the field hockey team to finish up play. Women's golf, uh, they finished their fall slate with a ninth place finish out of 12 teams at the Blue Hen Invitational that was at the University of Delaware. Uh, after shooting Quinnipiac's lowest round of the season in round two, Alexandra Sazen posted a final round 80 to claim a tie for 13th place in the individual standings. Luciano Tobias Palza shot an 81 in the final 18 holes and earned a 19th place finish. Golf is off until March, so that's that was the last chance you had to catch them. Uh, they'll travel to North Carolina to battle at UNC in March, so they're off until then. The rugby team dropped a close match at Penn State last weekend, 26-22. Mika Maples' try was her eighth of the season, breaking her tie with Emily Roscoff for the team lead. A little healthy competition there. The Bobcats return to the Quinnipiac rugby field next Saturday as they host the Army West Point Black Knights in their final match of the regular season at 1 p.m. Prior to that kickoff, the Bobcats will honor their two seniors, Emily Roscoff and Katria Sands. So make sure you come out to uh, the Quinnipiac Rugby Field there. Those are two fantastic players, had unbelievable careers. We talked to Emily Roscoff a couple episodes ago, and even just to, just to see her, because she's a great, great person and one of the best that this program has seen, make sure you come out for them. The men's tennis team returns to action on the weekend of November 2nd to compete in the Connecticut State Championships at Yale, and that will be their last competition until January. So uh, if you want to see them in action, you have one more chance to do so in the fall season. Women's tennis lost 6-1 to one to UConn last Wednesday. Dominique Vasily won the Bobcats' lone match of the day, uh, topping UConn's Jacqueline Fitz-Randolph, 6-4, 3-6, and 10-7. The women's team is also off until January, so the in-state battle was the last chance to see them for the fall season, but both teams will get underway at the beginning of the new year. The volleyball team won their final match of the road trip 3-0 at Siena. Then they returned home and beat St. Peter's 3-0 on Saturday before dropping a match 3-1 against Ryder. 
They have just one match this week, Friday night at home against Marist. So make sure you come out and support because Kat Miller might be making history soon. That's right. She is less than 100 kills away from 1,000 regular season kills in her career. So uh, you have a couple of chances to see this team at home here to end the regular season. They're on a nice lengthy homestand. So Matt, of course, as you said, make sure you come out because you could see history one of these nights. Absolutely. Uh, the men's soccer team, they beat Ryder 2-1 to one at home on Wednesday, last Wednesday that was, and then they followed that up by tying the first team in the MAC, Fairfield, 0-0 on the road. They're currently tied for second place in the MAC with Marist. They have 16 points on the season. Eamon Whalen, meanwhile, is leading the way in the MAC in points with 21 and goals with 10. So he's been on fire so far this year. They host Niagara today, the day this podcast drops, before visiting that second place Marist team on Saturday. So two very good games coming up for the men's team. Good games and massive games for the standings. Absolutely, yeah. This is a team that can can do some damage. And and we I saw a tweet over the weekend from one of the student media members that covers the team saying, you know, this Quinnipiac Fairfield game could very well be a MAC final that Absolutely. you could see. Now to the women's soccer side, they lost two to one at Ryder last Wednesday, tied second seeded Marist at home on Saturday, and they are now sixth in the MAC. Now they have all but guaranteed a playoff spot. So keep an eye out on this team. They're going to finish the season at Manhattan the day this podcast drops as well. Um, so yes, the women's soccer team, uh, this is the final game of the regular season. They're in Manhattan today. Now men's ice hockey. They continued their hot start. They took down number 18th ranked Boston College one to nothing at home last Friday. Chase Prisky was the one who scored the lone goal of the game on a power play in the first period. Absolute bullet. It was. It was a rocket. <laughs> Keith Petrozelli made 21 saves en route to his shutout. And Quinnipiac plays a home-and-home series with AIC this weekend, traveling to West Springfield this Friday, but for returning home on Saturday. They begin ECAC play at Harvard and Dartmouth November 2nd and 3rd. That's right. So finishing up the non-conference schedule right now is the Bobcats men's hockey team heading up to AIC, the Olympia Ice Center on Friday, and then coming back home for their final preseason game on Saturday. That's a cool name, Olympia Ice Center? Yes. Actually, where, cool. I, where I played my, uh, my youth hockey up in, up in uh, yeah, same same rink as AIC. <laughs> Little Dan Ball. That's right, yeah. Um, and the final team on the slate, the women's hockey team, they did not play this weekend, but they start a seven-game homestand coming up this weekend, uh, the first six of which are all ECAC hockey games. So uh, the first chance of catching conference games here for the women's hockey team, they play against Brown this coming Friday and Yale on Saturday. And... That is the team that we're taking a look at today, Matt. Uh, the two players that we're going to talk to later in this episode, Taylor House, who is currently leading the team with four points. Uh, she was named the ECAC Player of the Week last week. And Kenzie Prater, who, before coming to Quinnipiac, uh, won the gold medal with the U.S. Under-18 national team at the IIHF U18 Women's World Championship in Buffalo. So, I mean, both of these players have been doing great things for this team this year, and they're two of the many reasons why this is an exciting team. Team to watch two straight up grinders yes they grind yeah they hustle every shift and they really fit into this quinnipiac culture and they are stars and you did this interview solo dan and uh i want the fans to uh keep an ear out for where kenzie prater keeps that gold medal 
where cool. she keeps it. It's cool. Keep an ear out for it. Make sure you keep an ear out for that. So, yes, uh, we're going to talk to them later in this episode. But first off, we're talking to Cassandra Turner, the fourth-year head coach of the women's hockey team. And, Matt, when you talk to her about her team, it's always the same thing. She wants consistency, and she wants players that are coming into the rink every single day ready to compete. She wants players to just work hard and enjoy the game that they're playing. Right. And it's simple, but it works. It works for her. It works for this team. And I'm excited to hear more from her. It really does. Let's talk to Cass Turner. And we're back here on episode number five of the Quinnipiac Athletic Podcast. And we're honored to be joined by the head coach of the Quinnipiac women's hockey team, Cassandra Turner. Cass, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Thank you for, for taking the time here on, on Media Day. Um, first guest of episode number five. So, you know, part of the part of what we do with these interviews is we want to ask about you as as a person as well as just a coach because you know there's there's so much more to to you than just being a coach of a hockey team. So, you started as a, a two time captain at Brown, eighty three or eighty eight thirty three and twelve in four years. That's a that's a pretty decent run. You you could probably say. <laughs> Um, two years in the NWHL, so obviously an, an illustrious playing career. So when did coaching start to come into the picture for you? While I was playing, 100%. Okay. I, um, my coach actually called me, she called it CIT, coach and training. Whenever, <laughs> whenever there was a face-off play that the other team was running, she'd turn to me and be like, Cass, how do we kill that? What do we do? And... I think it was her secret way of engaging me so that I, I fully felt ownership over what we were doing, that she was a really bright person. But I was like, oh, man, she needs me. And yeah. it was fun. Like, I loved that piece of it. We actually had a, a forward turn defenseman, and she said, you just teach her how to play. We're, we're not going to coach her. She's all yours. And <laughs> if you knew my coach, that you would it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but, yeah. but I loved it. You know, I love that piece of it. And um, I think I just needed to keep playing for a little while after college because I, I didn't know where that was going to lead me. And, and it, I'm so happy it led me to coaching. So, I mean, when you're when you're coaching a player like uh, like Sid Rusler, I mean, could you tell right off the bat like this is this is somebody kind of like me who could be a who could be a coach in the future? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and for different reasons that, you know, Sid holds herself to such a high standard that that's a tremendous characteristic as a coach. Personally, she's going to do everything she can to be prepared in whatever it is she does in her life, whether that's coaching, whether that's something else and, and for her to do well with it. And that piece I saw shine through from day one with her at Quinnipiac. So for you, why Quinnipiac? How did, how did Quinnipiac come about? Um, well, first, you know, when I first stepped on this campus, I said, how do I how do I get here? Um, it was that it kind of took over for me, uh, you know, stepping into our locker room, being able to see the campus. But most importantly, the people here, I walked around with Tammy Riley and I'll never forget it. I met Billy Mecca that day, too. And interacting with those two, I, I knew this was a community. I knew it was a family. And that really struck a chord with me being from such a small town and being able to combine that with all we offer athletically and academically, there was no better fit. That's, I mean, you can't ask for much more and meeting Billy Mecca right on your Absolutely. first day. I mean, what more can you ask yeah. than that? So, so now you're, you're the head coach in your fourth season. Um, first of all, you're number one, 30 wins, most by any NCAA women's hockey coach in their first year. So, I mean, that's, you, you can't start much hotter than that. So, I mean, that first year team, what was it that made them so special? They really had years, multiple years of 
details that had built into great habits that helped them to be successful. And that came together because we had the best leaders you know we had six seniors who all played crucial crucial roles and had been building small parts of their game to a place where they just had confidence in what they were doing individually as a team through all elements of how we play and it showed we played 21 goal hockey games that year and we only lost three that that right there is a a true sign of a consistent hockey team that cared about little things every single day and you mentioned both confidence, consistency. So those are those are two things that you probably that you absolutely in your coaching staff try to impart on your team today. So as you're building your program, what are a couple of the key points that you're trying to impart on these players that you want to build your program around? Well, you know, you you hit it in terms of consistency, details, caring about small things in practice is going to build that into a habit so you don't have to think about it in a game and, and you can perform and you can feel comfortable and confident to make plays. It's such an important piece to us. But, you know, we really want them to have a mentality that they're looking to get better every single day, right up until their final final practice their senior year and to dive in and enjoy the process. We talk about taking pride in the process and there are real moments where you have to convince yourself to dive in and take pride in the process when you're maybe in a place where you feel like you failed you know those are the the toughest moments i i couldn't be more excited about our team right now because that's where they are they're they're so in the process and they're doing that for one another they're encouraging each other they're bringing each other out for extra work they're talking about the right things and they're they're doing the right things to help them to continue to get better so give me a little more about that because this this year's team it's a younger team some of your your leading players right now one of your your top defense pairings is all freshmen uh your leading scorer through the first couple of weeks was a freshman what are you seeing from from this group and you've mentioned this um before when we've talked before games and, and things like that that you're seeing something a little bit different with this group in terms of taking ownership for things tell me a little bit about that yeah absolutely they it it starts from the top like our our seniors this this leadership group does some things that i think are even better than when we won um our ecac regular season and, and championship it they they do take ownership so that's what everyone sees you know we watch a video session and there's something that they think needs to be better they say it and they say it in a way where they're like i can fix this in a tone where i can fix this i'm not playing making that play yet but i'm gonna make that play and that is really setting such a phenomenal example not just for our freshmen but for everyone else on our team so how are you seeing the the development from these freshmen are they do you see them taking to the leadership uh the leadership so far absolutely and you know i I think a big part of it is they've made them feel like they're not freshmen. Okay. You know, I, I, they are trying to really eliminate any sort of social hierarchy to make them feel like they are fully a part of this because they are. You know, they they are here every day. They're working every day. They may, there may be things that they're not as comfortable with with yet, but they're fully a part of this. And I think our whole team is really working to help eliminate that feeling of oh you're a freshman or oh you're a sophomore here's what happens when you're a junior oh you're a senior it's almost done like any sort of stereotype that goes along with each of those classes they're working hard to wipe those free so that we're a team it's it's one cohesive group right now there's there's no classes absolutely there there's nothing much more you can ask for for a whole group so Mm -hmm. this is more of a a nuts and bolts question that that kind of i've been paying attention to at the beginning of the year Um, one of the biggest changes when you look at the line chart at the beginning of the year is the switch of moving Kate McKenzie up to offense and subsequently moving Kenzie Prater back to defense where she's been before, but it's a, it's a change at the collegiate level. 
What have you seen from both of these players in their in their new positions so far? A lot of things that we really like and a lot of things that I know they want to be better with. It's a bit of both. It, um, it's a big switch to change your position when you're that, you know, late in your in your hockey career as a junior and as a senior. So, you know, with Kate up front, if you were to watch in when we play practice in practice and we play small games, she has a knack for scoring. She wants to score. She gets that puck on her stick and it's she's determined and we've seen that i mean she scored in overtime in the playoffs and um at princeton jumping into the play and just no doubt about where that shot was going to go she has that air about her and she wants those moments and we're excited because we think you know her game is continuing to progress up front and she does a lot of really smart things to protect the puck and move it to her teammates so we're excited about her and kenzie prater nobody battles like kenzie prater um if she's in in front of the net or in the corner she's going to come out with it like she is just so determined and watching her up at the point she sees the ice really well she sees it a play ahead in a different way than a lot of players so it comes to her and if there's somebody who's open she's ready to move that puck really quick and she can snap a shot um, fast from the blue line so we're excited for both of them so you can see you can see kind of the the forward in Kenzie Prater coming out when when she's been playing defense so far so what does Kate McKenzie bring as a former defenseman in her own zone as a forward that you guys have seen so far in terms of our wing play you know she she sees different things faster like her awareness is is really strong she she has the ability to look at the puck see her man know where she can create turnovers but she just has grit and toughness like she's she's blocked a shot at UVM that it's just like, ah, oh, that's that's the Kate McKenzie defenseman <laughs> that we know and love, you know. Um, and, and I think that that was kind of exciting for her. You know, I, I think she's excited to play forward because it's a new challenge, but she knows she's really good at D too. You right. know, it's not it, – she's a, a really dynamic hockey player and, and great person, and we're excited to see what the season looks like for her. And it's got to be nice also having a, a player like her. She's also become a, a penalty kill specialist up on offense, but a player with – defensive instincts that she has mm-hmm. almost essentially like having three defenders on the ice during the penalty kill which, yes. is, which is a nice thing to have um so you mentioned the uvm series two ties with the catamounts when you were up there but one player stood out that we're going to be talking to later in this episode and that is taylor house so first of all uh did you get a good look at the shorthanded goal that decided to go hockey viral last week i i don't know that anyone around around our program hasn't watched it on <laughs> on repeat over right. and over it's kind of addicting you know yeah. i actually have my three-year-old son watching it over and over <laughs> you know it was it's a it was a pretty magic play she looked two feet taller than anyone else in that video clip she looked like she was moving at a much different different pace and that is Taylor House. You know, we've seen her have that ability with the puck and and be able to be huge in moments like that before Quinnipiac. And, you know, I I think she's done the right things training and the right things with, you know, her play off the puck to have more of those moments in our game now. And how have you seen her adapt to the, uh, the center game in year two? She's still working on it. I think she'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, the great thing is is she's not going to let that offensive side of her game be sacrificed while she's figuring out how to be better defensively. Long term, you know, we really see her as a great center in our program, and, and she knows that, and she's she's determined to keep getting better with it. So moving back to the, the entire program as a whole right now, you head into ECAC play this upcoming weekend. Um, what are you looking for from your team that they can possibly do differently after their preseason play? It, we it's been nice to have 
essentially two weeks to get ready for this. Um, we've had a pretty good plan and process. We've, we really do a lot of video and different types of video. Um, we really want to hone in on our special teams. You know, clearly they aren't where they need to be yet. And we've, we've worked through some things. We've changed some things. Um, that is a big piece that needs to come through for us in moments. It, it's what wins and loses hockey games. And, you know, the first step is not taking penalties. The second step is being confident for those moments when they come your way. We also need to continue to limit chances to our net. I'd say that's that's a big difference right now, having a younger decor than we've had or maybe even just a little less experience. There's times where, you know, it wouldn't have been a shot on our net in years past, and it's been a shot on our net right now, and um, we're working to make that better and, and to get a little grittier offensively. Like, how do we get and, and make the life of that goalie a little bit tougher and get in front of her, be ready to, to get second shots and be in the right position for those second shots. I, I think we'll be better with those as we go um, into ECIC play. So uh, tell me a little bit about your, your defensive core that you have now. I mean, first of all, your, your all world pairing of Kenzie Prater and Katie Tabin at the beginning, but then you have two freshmen and Zoe Boyd and Courtney Vorster in that second pairing followed by Liv Coningson and Anna Kilpin. And I mean, those are, Six defenders, you can say any of their names, call them at any point, and they're ready to go. Now, one of the things that we've seen from the power play is there are three, I believe at least last uh, last time that you guys were at home, there were three defenders on each unit. <laughs> or some somewhere around there. There were multiple defenders yeah. on, on both unit. I mean, I'm only you, laughing because we actually have... If you truly look at it, seven defensemen on our power plays because Melissa Simiskevich played defense for most of her life. Oh, wow. So, okay. Now that's why I'm that's, laughing. No, that's but, what it was because yeah. <laughs> I was I was looking at, I think Kate McKenzie was the one that I was yeah. thinking of. But yeah. anyway, so I mean, either way, having having six or seven defenders on your power play, this is a unit that can play all three zones of the ice at any time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and that's something that you're you're looking for. Yeah, with, and with they, can sh- they can shoot, you yeah. know, and I think that's we have been shooting it's just a matter of what are we doing to create more dangerous scoring chances and and places that end in goals and don't just end in us um having an icing and that's the big thing on the power play you got to create looks you got to create multiple scoring chances you got to be able to have one chance build into the next and um we're zeroing in on that and hopefully that will be better as we go forward it's a good puck moving group you can you've seen that through the first couple games okay yeah um so before we go uh we have three questions that we ask every single guest. These are the real the real thinkers yep. that really put you on your toes. And you said you haven't had the chance to listen yet, so you have no idea what's I coming. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the first one, if you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hamden, Connecticut, because obviously that'd be the number one choice, where would it be and why? I'm going to go with Prince Edward Island. Wow. Up to PEI. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I went there this summer and, <laughs> and I, you know, I, my second place is, would be San Diego. I think it's beautiful, but Prince Edward Island will give you everything. You have the beautiful beaches, you have the, op- it's just such a relaxed environment. Um, people are so nice and low key, you know, and, and I think you have the opportunity to experience all the seasons. You can be in a position where you can play hockey still and, oh, wow. and enjoy the beach. So Prince Edward Island. Wow. Okay, that's, I mean, hockey and then head out to the beach yeah, after? Wow, there you okay. go. <laughs> Can't ask for much more. All right, second one, uh, kind of along the same lines. If you can have dinner with one person, alive or deceased, or one of each if you have if you have multiple, who would it be and why? It's also a really good question. Mm. I think it would be my grandmother. Okay. I, I didn't get the chance to ask her what it was like to be a mother of 11. I 
because I was wow. not I was not old enough to quite realize how difficult it is to be a mother <laughs> yeah. while she was still alive. And um, you know, now with two children, I just have the utmost respect for her life and what she gave to the people in it in a different way than I ever did. And I would love to have that conversation with her. So 10 aunts and uncles, you, you come mm-hmm. from on, on one side of yeah, the family. one side of my family, man, that yeah. is a, that is a family reunion. Mm-hmm. You're, you'll, you'll need a banquet hall for that you one. Do. <laughs> you do, but it's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. And last one. So, uh, a little more, but you are on death row, but what is your last meal, your dinner, your drink, and your dessert? So this can be something home cooked, something that you get from the from the concession stand, anything. None of these are going to jive together. Okay. Um, well, like maybe <laughs> it would be lobster mac and cheese, um, a good glass of Cabernet, and for dessert, I would go for more cheese for dessert with the wine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So we're not. This is just straight cheese. We're not yeah. going like a cheesecake. We're just going. Nope. Just some good cheese. Some good cheese. Some lobster mac and cheese with some mm-hmm. cheese for dessert. Yeah. It, it better be a sor- an assorted plate of cheese. Okay. We're not just not yeah. limiting yeah, ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, uh, Cass, thank you so much for for taking the time today, um, and best of luck heading into ECAC play this weekend. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much to Cass Turner for joining us here on episode number five of the Quinnipiac Athletics podcast. She was, you know, she talked exactly about the things we said before. It was that compete level, and she's always looking for her players to bring something new to the rink. But one of the other things that uh, she talked about, Matt, and that we'll talk a little bit with, with Taylor and Kenzie about in a minute, is that this group is accountable for everything that happens on the ice, off the ice. If they they lose a game, they tie a game, something bad happens on the ice, they're not trying to blame somebody else. They're trying to take responsibility for it and figure out how they can fix it. They're accountable, and they recognize that if they want to be one of these top teams in the ECAC, they have to be accountable, they have to work hard, and they have to keep up with all of these fantastic programs. Exactly. And uh, so coming up now, uh, we talked to Taylor House and Kenzie Prater, uh, two members of the Quinnipiac women's hockey team. Uh, Taylor is a sophomore from Juliet, Illinois, while Kenzie is a junior from Hudson, Wisconsin. And we talked to the two of them just about that. What made the Quinnipiac program so special to you when you were looking for colleges and fielding offers and things like that? And now that you're in college, how are you looking to build on that and What's the end goal? You know, we all want to know the end goal. What do these girls want? What do they want from their season? And, you know, they have some very high aspirations. As they should. Exactly. The Frozen Four is in their building. Exactly. They should have high aspirations. They should be able, we should be able to head down the street and see the Bobcats women's hockey team play in the Frozen Four. But either way, uh, aside from that, we talked to Taylor and Kenzie. Let's hear what they had to say. And we're back here on episode number five of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, and we're joined by not one, but two members of the Quinnipiac women's hockey team, Kenzie Prater and Taylor House. Ladies, how are we today? I'm good. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for for joining us in the the cramped uh, closet right now that is the WQAQ studios. But um, we want to start, or I want to start rather, by asking both of you guys, uh, you end up at Quinnipiac University, but obviously you're playing hockey your entire lives. Whoever wants to start, um, what was the process of how you ended up getting to Quinnipiac? Um, my process probably started when I was 14 by going to the USA National Development Camps and uh, being seen there uh, just by some college coaches and 
kind of getting like just the general like little letter in the mail like hey we're interested uh you can reach out if you want and then um obviously just kind of doing my own little research and then uh once i was able to kind of talk to some schools i got a couple emails from quinnipiac and uh during a tournament in Boston, actually, my dad decided to drive from Wisconsin here to get me from Boston, <laughs> and uh, we came and visited. So that's okay. kind of how I ended up here. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a, the the drive halfway across the yeah. country ended up doing it. Wow. Okay. Uh, Taylor, how about you? Uh, mine's kind of similar. I, st- I started at the national camp when I was probably 14, and that's where I met Paul Nimitz Carlson, who he was a coach here. And um, yeah, I met him, kind of talked to him a little bit, but I didn't really know what Quinnipiac was. And then over the next couple of years, I just kept in contact. And so you were kind of like the like the the girl from the the national uh, women's basketball tournament last year that was like, oh, who who's this Quinnipiac that you guys yeah, are talking about? Yeah, I had about? no idea what it <laughs> was. Love that. Okay, no cool. No idea because yeah. I was fourteen, no clue. And yeah. Over, like over the years, I and then eventually I had like a tournament out here in Connecticut, and so me and my mom just decided, oh, let's go visit, let's go see it, and I loved it. Yep. And then so I just kept in contact with them the whole time, and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so so for both you guys, I mean. What was it about both the school and the program that made you say, this is the place that I want to play my college hockey? It's kind of the atmosphere and the campus was beautiful and just like walking around the locker rooms and seeing how the team does everything. It just felt right. Yep, absolutely. I agree. I think um, kind of the scenery we get with the nature around school is really nice. And then um, kind of the small campus and how close everyone is here um, was definitely a big pull for me. Just like the close interaction you have with your professors or other athletes or even just other students here. So that was. And I'm good. assuming and academics was a, was very important. Yes. To both. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We got to put that on the record. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. Um, now uh, I are both you guys from relatively small towns. Yeah. Mine's growing, but it used to be small. Yes. It used to be small. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So was, was that kind of one of the things that, Oh, this, this campus is kind of, kind of homey makes, makes me feel a little bit like I'm, I'm in a place similar to my home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, I didn't go to my public high school. I went to a private high school in Minnesota, and it was very small. So yeah. that's – Quinnipiac is kind of like that in a way. Like, it's got this small, close yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah. Now, if the if the sleeping giant had been closed like it is now when you were getting recruited, would that have been a deal breaker? <laughs> I don't think I hiked it until, like, my freshman year when I was already here. Oh. So okay. I actually didn't know what to expect from that. You just uh, you mentioned the nature. That was the only yeah. thing that popped into my brain. Um, so, Taylor, uh, the one thing that happened a couple weeks ago, you were named the ECAC Player of the Week. Uh, congratulations on that on that unbelievable <laughs> honor. Um, now, uh, first of all, I do have to ask this on the record. Um, the goal that you scored on Friday, shorthanded goal, a uh, couple of quick toe drags, quick bar down <laughs> shot, not a big deal. Um, I mean, it kind of went everywhere. What was yeah. the what was that that experience like for you, kind of seeing that that goal go was, to multiple? It's kind of just a venues. two day kind of surreal experience where every time I would go on my phone, it would just kind of pop up, or somebody <laughs> would be sending it to me, or all my friends at school were just like, "Oh my god, that's you!" And it was yeah, it was kind of weird. And weird, just yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> there's not really a way to describe it. It's yeah, just, it's weird. Because I, I I remember seeing it on on that Friday because the uh, the the women's hockey account put a, a gif mm-hmm. up of it. Um, are you gif or jif, both of you? GIF, I think. GIF. I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I don't really use the word. <laughs> I don't really use. However, you say the word. Okay. All right. Well, that that's word. you. You get a pass. Just so you know, it's GIF. Okay. Because the first word is graphic. So it's okay. GIF. Just so you sound 
Great. smart in your next technology conversation. Okay. Um, <laughs> you learn something here. new every day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is if if nothing else, this podcast is a learning experience for everybody involved. Um, yeah. So so that that ends up being uh, the first of two goals on the weekend, two goals and an assist. Um, what did you get? That was the last preseason series. So what did you see from your team that uh, you can either improve on, or what did you see heading into ECAC play from that series against Vermont? Well, and this I, can go to both of you. Well, I, I think we were we're playing hard and we're working towards all the goals that we want to have set like going into this weekend. I think this last week and a half of just like getting better has really helped, and we've had a good week or two because well, we had last weekend off, and really was good. Yeah, I think uh, we've kept a pretty good positive. Um, attitude kind of throughout what we've had for games so far and then with our development and obviously outcomes can play a big role on your emotions yeah. but I think we've managed it well and we're ready to keep going forward from here so okay coming in confident in the ECAC play now yeah. one thing that um that Cass Cass Turner has mentioned she mentioned uh during the interview today and she's mentioned multiple times to me is that this group is always accountable in the room to a man when something happens they're not you guys aren't trying to point fingers you're owning up to it and you're looking to fix that is that something that both you guys try to do yeah and I think we were really working on it last year but this year it's just a whole I think it's really developed and we've gotten a lot better at it and there's no one pointing fingers ever if we lose or even if we tie or anything like if anything goes wrong we just try and snap right back into it and just keep positive attitude and keep going yeah, <laughs> yeah um we met with Spencer Woods this uh, earlier this semester and I think that really helped kind of the idea of taking accountability for your own actions because like hockey is a game of mistakes and things are going to happen but it's also a continuous game so there might have been a mistake earlier made by somebody else that led to then you making this mistake but at the at that time like it was your action so I think just like our team's really good at being like in that moment it was me but I'm going to Flush it and forget it. <laughs> flush it, <laughs> and forget it. it. Flush it and forget it. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, for both of you guys, you you're dealing with a similar situation this year, switching positions, for from last year to this year. Kenzie, I'll start with you. You moved back to defense. You've played it before. Um, so my first question is is what's the difference you've seen from last year to this year changing positions? How do you how do you have to change how you approach each practice in each game? Um, just because it's been a couple years since I've played defense, I feel like um, just some muscle memory stuff with like the skating, just because obviously I know how to still skate backwards. But, um, <laughs> this is good kinda, to know. Yeah, just like all of the transitioning type stuff and like the timing with things and um, like gap control, like you have to have build that confidence of I can let them get a little bit closer and um, just like communication, I guess, is a little bit different um, with your teammates because being a defender, you see a little bit more of the ice when the other team is attacking you. So being able to communicate with your partner and also the forwards at the same time. How's it been working with Katie Tabin so far? Great. We are roommates. We are pretty good friends. You know, we get along very well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you we go. We spend a lot of time together. I mean, no better way to build chemistry than yep. on and off yeah. the ice. Uh, Taylor, same, que same question for you. You've moved to center from the wing in sophomore year. Uh, how has that transition been for you? Um, it's pretty good. I'm just getting used to the defensive stuff, just helping, you know, Prater out back there as a defense, making sure I'm in the right spots <laughs> so we can get the puck and just spend some time in the offensive zone instead of our zone. How important is communication as a center? Very important. Yes. Very important. There might be a little language barrier with my wings, wing partners, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we figured it out and we're communicating and yeah. How have, uh, how, 
how has the development of your freshman line mate Lexi Ajija been so far this year? Great. You know, she's really stepped up and kind of become just like she's really helped out our line a lot. And, yeah. Killing it out there. Killing it out there. Okay. Um, And from a defensive standpoint, you've watched Zoe Boyd and Courtney Vorster uh, develop into a very strong pair on defense. What have they been doing so well? Um, I think just working together well and communicating and being coachable. I think that's the biggest part um, for them. Like they're open to learning new things and trying new things, and I think it's brought them success so far. So both of you guys have um, some national team experience under your belts coming into college um okay now i have to ask this because when matt and i were doing kind of the wraparound recording yesterday he goes and uh yeah make sure you tune in so you can find out where kenzie prater keeps her gold medal (laughs) so now i have to ask where do you keep your gold medal okay well this is a little bit of a complicated answer oh Um, okay just because when I came to college, my brother decided he was going to take over my room, and I got kicked <laughs> to the little room. Um, so it's... Wow, that's brutal. You know, like those cases that you can open, and it's got like a glass... It's kind of like a picture frame in a way. Yeah, yeah. So I have my jersey in that. Okay. And then I obviously have the metal in there with it, but it is now in my closet in my new room because my room is very small. <laughs> <laughs> But, yes, it is uh, kept with my jersey. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. It's not well, super exciting, but. No, okay, yeah. And, see, he, he, he marketed it as, oh, my God, you're never going to believe. It's like the, like the tales of the crypt. Like, you're never going to believe where this, where this metal <laughs> is. And, but that's still good to know. Okay. Yeah. And, the, and that is, that, come on, your brother, is, he's killing me with that. But, regardless. I um, don't blame him. What? I don't blame him. I think I'd want the big room too. I mean, you can't blame him, but yeah. that's so just yeah. Move on in. Yep. Take advantage. That's true. I mean, how many times both you guys? Because you're not from the East Coast. I mean, how many times are you able to get home during the season? Is there is there any point where you can? Christmas for like ten days, and then yep. spring break if we're not playing. Yep. And then summer. So and then summer. wow. Probably and about. And sometimes even summers cut short because we come out here for five weeks in July. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Unreal. About three months we spend at home, probably. <laughs> a little three, over three months, three and a half. Probably. Three months out of 12. Wow. Um, and that wasn't an issue for either of you coming into, coming into college when you were looking at programs? No. It was a little bit of a concern <laughs> for me. I am a huge homebody. But, um, <laughs> yeah, my mom makes the, or used to make the joke that she thought she'd come home from work one day and see me sitting on the couch, but <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> we made it through freshman year. We're great now. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of limited because even, like, being by Chicago, there aren't a lot of women's D1 hockey schools that are even, like, close to be considered, oh, I can go home all the time. Right. Like, there's – Lindenwood is, like, probably a couple hours. Wisconsin's, like, over two. Ohio mm-hmm. State's, like, five and a half. So no matter what, I was going to be pretty far. So what is a – what does a summer training regimen look like for you guys? What do you What are you doing to try to get ready for the season? Uh, we have a couple days a week that we work out, a couple recovery days, just trying to stay fit, just stay in shape so we can be ready for the preseason. It's not usually like game ready shape. It's just make sure that you maintain your body and just stay fit the whole time. Yep. So I think it's two conditioning days, um, but there's also lifting involved in that. So okay. our summer is kind of time to like build that muscle and then also work on that conditioning so that when preseason does come around, we're going to maintain that while also ramping up our cardio and on ice time. So. Okay. Wow. Extensive. Yeah. Um, so both, as I mentioned, both of you guys have uh, national team experience. Um, Kenzie, I first want to talk to you about, I mean, the experience of winning a gold medal. 
I mean, just tell me about that. That's just it, the I. There's no real question to it because that's just that's an un, that must be an unbelievable experience. Uh, it is, and I don't really know how to put it into words. The feeling. Um, you're with a team who all has a common goal, and when you achieve it, all you can do is smile. Like there's tears of joy and so much hugging and jumping and um, looking at pictures, I still kind of get that same feeling that I had in the moment of just excitement and I don't even know. I don't know how to describe it, but um, it was a great experience and I wish I could do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, are you able to bring that same motivation now to this team at Quinnipiac? Absolutely. Um, I think our team has a common goal, and I think it would mean the world to us if we were able to eventually achieve it later this season. So, mm, Especially on home ice. Yes, it absolutely. Would be. Yeah, that would be huge. Uh, Taylor, same question to you. Uh, attending the USA Hockey Player Development Camp from 2012 through 2014, according to the QuinnipiacBobcats.com. <laughs> um, same question to you. I mean, what were you able to gain from uh, going to these camps with some of the best players in the world or in the country, and then able to bring that back to uh, college. Um, just kind of learn a new compete level. Like each year, you go back and like you've gotten a little better, but so have they. And you just have to learn just how to like want to one up them or just just compete against them and with like some of the best. And then you learn a lot from all the coaches too, because they have like the best college coaches like around there, working all weekend with you. So, what can we expect this weekend? Opening up ECAC play at home. This is a broad question. Broad question. Yes. Uh, you can expect great effort from our entire team. And uh, like I said earlier, outcomes can play a big uh, role in emotion. But um, <laughs> uh, for right now, that's set aside. And it's just yeah. a minute by minute, shift by shift kind of mentality where you're going to go out there and do just the best you can. You. Yep. Wow. So. Complete agreement. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. Okay, before we get to our uh, before we go questions, because I know everybody's waiting for those, uh, we do have some Twitter submissions. Uh, so the first one comes from Liz Flynn. So the question from Liz was, uh, if you can be one ice cream flavor, what would it be and why? So that's that's tough because that takes a, a like a you got to really judge yeah, your character the, the on why, that one. The why? I feel yeah. Like, yeah. You don't want to be too cocky. You don't want to be like, oh, I just love myself. Oh my god. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you could, like if you really wanted to be very humble, you could just say like I'm vanilla because I'm plain. You know, like there's not much going on. But so I'm gonna rephrase the question. Sorry, Liz. Uh, if you could eat one flavor of ice cream for the rest of your life, what would it be? American dream. Hands down. Ben and Jerry's every time. Mm. <laughs> um, chocolate peanut butter cup. There you go. All-time favorite. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next question comes from at Alex J. Goyette. Uh, what is the best chirp you've ever heard? I think Kenzie Prater has the best one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if this is going to be necessarily funny to everybody else, but for our team specifically, uh, we're skating to the bench and a girl turns and goes, nice shot blockers, Katie. <laughs> but we all wear them, so is it really that big of a chirp? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, did you notice anything that was wrong with her shot blockers, particularly? No, no they were just normal. I, yep. Our no, whole people team just seem them, to judge so. them for no reason. Yeah. They're n nothing was wrong with them. They're the same as everybody else's, so I don't know. Wow. Just okay. trying to find something to chirp about. It's just tough. Um, and the last one comes from at Alexa underscore Aspen. Taylor, what's the airspeed velocity of an <laughs> unladen swallow? African or European. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Without missing a beat. Without missing a beat. Okay. 
Uh, so before we go, I warned you about this before we started. I have three questions that I ask every single guest. They are must answers. They are thinkers. They really keep you on your toes. Who wants to go first? All you little sis, go for <laughs> okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Taylor House. Dan Ball. If you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hamden, Connecticut, where would it be and why? Italy, so I could live by my roommate, Chiara Bikini. Wow. Quick, easy Quick answer. To the point. Shouts to Chiara Bikini. Shouts to Chiara Bikini. All right. Um, do you want the second question or do you want your big sis to go? Back to you, All big right. sis. Same All question. Right. Um, I think I would love to live in Hawaii. I've never been... But my parents went on a trip there, and they had a lot of fun. And it's just, it seems like such a cool place to be, and I love nature, so perfect. There you go. <laughs> All right, Taylor. If you could have dinner with one person, alive or deceased, or one of each if you can't decide, who would it be and why? Oh, my. Yes. Oh, I don't know. That is a tough one. It is a tough one. I think I have my answer. Right okay, here. Kenzie Prater has her answer. All right, so I might get some hate from this because some people have some strong feelings toward him, but I think I'd like to have dinner with Sidney Crosby. Okay. Um, I think he is a great human, and obviously he has some great athletic ability, and um, I think he's a smart player, and I love watching him. I think he's a complete player and is able to play both forward and defense, which I, I love. I love <laughs> that he's not a one-way player. Um so I think being able to have dinner with him and kind of get to talk to him about his life outside of hockey and then obviously hockey as well. So Nice. Okay, Taylor, pressure's on now. That was a good answer. I might stick with a the hockey theme. Okay, that's that's fair. You know, let's go Patrick Sharp, one of my all-time favorite Blackhawks. So sad he retired. <sighs> he's not bad to look at. <laughs> he's a, he's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy, no. Patrick Sharp is. But he he would be a great, I mean, just to just to talk about mm -hmm. the the Blackhawk days yeah. and and the the and he's not mini like dynasty. One of like the, oh my god, like I'm like Jonathan Taser, Patrick or Patrick Kane, but he's still up there and like was a part of all three of the Stanley Cups and all that. And, yeah. Yeah. Seems like a nice guy. Now, you're going to go just him or are you throwing Adam Bursch in the ring as well? Oh, okay. Well, if you take Patrick Sharp, you have to take both of them because they'll just be electric together at right. dinner. Right. Yes. Electric. Exactly. Electric. <laughs> yeah. That would be a great dinner. The I mean, you could bring you could bring your big big sister along and see who has the better dynamic go. duo. Perfect. Perfect. We could just do that. It's a just, plan. There you go. Dinner. Sorry, <laughs> Sydney. Um, Sorry, Sydney. <laughs> and the last one uh, so Taylor's going first. Nope. You are on death row. Oh, what is your last meal, your dinner, your drink, and your dessert? I forgot you had the drink in. I do. Well, I think I've told you before, but I am a big, I enjoy steak. I don't know if it would be a sirloin or a filet. Okay. Both are great. Some mashed potatoes and asparagus, just good combo overall. Classic Outback Steakhouse classic, meal. Love it. Classic meal. Yep. Maybe we could throw in the Texas Roadhouse rolls with that cinnamon butter. You know, really just bring the meal together. Absolutely. There, together. There's no judgment. You can do whatever <laughs> you please. Uh, drink. I'm a big strawberry lemonade person. That's a great pick. Big I, I would person. I would like to tell you right now that that's a fantastic <laughs> pick. Huge strawberry lemonade girl. Yeah. Um, dessert. It's gotta be something chocolate. Okay. Maybe one of those like chocolate lava cakes. Yeah. Or Americone Dream. It's a whole oh. pint of Americone Dream. <laughs> Hands down. Best right. Ben and Jerry's for me. All right, you're definitely my little sister because I also <laughs> love steak. Um, I think for my last meal, I'd like to have prime rib. Okay. I love prime rib. Um, with green beans 
and mashed potatoes would be good too. Now wait, are we doing any like loaded or are we just doing as is? As is. As is, okay, yeah. Because you can, I mean, you can throw a number of different things in mashed potatoes yeah, if you I try. Just keep it just, yeah. Okay, just I had to clarify for my potatoes. own peace of mind. Yeah, I yep. agree. Yeah. Um, for my drink, I couldn't tell you the last time I had pop. It's been a very long time, but I really like Dr Pepper if I were to have it. Dr Pepper is my pop. Okay. Um, notice she said pop. That's so, that's the a, oh, soda. <laughs> because, no, because we're from the Midwest, so both of us say pop. Wait, you. S- I say really? Big okay, because I don't know if I, 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 my, I forgot about that. Midwest. Yeah. Wait. What? Okay. I'm interrupting. I'm sorry. No. What? What Ask other? Midwest question. Have uh, what other different language barriers do we have here? Because I'm if I haven't established this, I'm from the northeast. Some Minnesota people say breezers instead of hockey pants. That's me. <laughs> oh, so you say breezers? Well, you did spend a lot of time in Minnesota. Yeah. But some Wisconsin people do it too. Well, I'm I live very close to the border. Yeah, you're close. Like, I played hockey, a lot of hockey. Yeah. No, so there's some people in our locker room that call them breezers, and then some people say pants. I'm learning. I I say I think breezers it's a majority I mean pants. pants. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a majority pants because when people say breezers, we kind of just turn and we don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's one. That's a big one. What do you call like a like a like a sandwich? I'm just gonna say like a long sandwich. A sandwich. It's a sandwich. <laughs> I would probably just say sandwich. Okay. What do you guys call it again? Do people it's, say sub? It's, uh, see, people say sub, yeah. Somebody, I don't know where it is that says hoagie. Mm, no. That's, no, that's I don't, different. No, yeah. I feel like a is hoagie it is a different type of sandwich for me. I don't know. There's People out here call it something different. I can't even think of the word. I don't know what it is. It's very strange. I never heard it's it until. Grinder. Yes. Oh, yeah. That yeah. one. Okay. I never so, yeah, no, we, we don't no. use that. No. I, the only time that I had heard that was for uh, meatball. Mm. Sub sandwich grinder, meatball mm. grinder. Also, big deep dish pizza right here. <laughs> Chicago. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Love so if we needed a backup, meal. I had I'll... to throw it in there. Deep dish pizza. It's okay. not like okay. It's not my all-time favorite thing, but like. It's up there. Pizza. Okay. All right. I completely interrupted. So you went with a pop for yeah. your drink. Just go out with just throw health to the wind. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> and um, my dessert. I love ice cream. I also couldn't tell you the last time I ate that, but. Um. Chocolate peanut butter cup ice cream. Chocolate and peanut butter together. Yeah. Great combination. That is a good combo. Okay. It's a solid pick. You guys are you guys are going you guys are going out on We're top. Eating well. Yeah. <laughs> we are eating well. And then just like a little deep dish pizza in the background just in case just you need, in case. need seconds. I'm yeah. still hungry. Yeah. Well, uh Kenzie and Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time today and uh best of luck going into ECAC play. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much to Taylor and Kenzie for joining us here. Uh, that'll pretty much do it for episode number five of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. Matt McAuliffe, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you on social media? The people can find me at mmcauliffe7. That's my Twitter and Instagram. Uh, hit me up on Twitter anytime. Love that. Uh, you can find me at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L, and that's for everything as well. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go online to QuinnipiacBobcats.com. Read all the content, watch the videos, get your stats, scores, rosters, highlights, everything you need on there. Make sure you also follow at Q Athletics for everything on social media. We will see you next week. Matt, good job, man. Thanks, man. I'm excited to be on board. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.